Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick and I'm bringing to you part one of a four-part new worship series entitled All Are Called, with today's title specifically called uh, God's Purpose for You, based off of 1 Samuel chapter 16 verses 1 through 13. So let us dive into the Word today. Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel, so fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance, by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. <clears throat> in the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel, but Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Amen. God has a different purpose for everyone. And I'll say that again. God has a purpose, a different purpose for everyone. Not everybody has the same purpose. God has a different purpose for everyone, even if it seems unlikely or calls you away from the norm. I have many times over shared my story, the story of my call, how I was a, you know, called as a young boy but walked away as a teenager, how I sought after success my own way as a software engineer, only to lose my job and spend years as a stay-at-home dad and because of some major soul-searching, a full-time student, first undergrad, then seminary. I have also shared the major role my wife played in me answering the call. 
how I made a joke about, you know, could you imagine me as a pastor? Maybe I should do that. There's at least, you know, job security. Hey, what did I know at the time? But my wife's response to that was to research what it would be like to become a pastor, education and all, two pages worth of information. Now, I'm not sure what she thought. I, I'm not sure what she thought inspired her to do that at the time. But we both know now that it was our Lord Jesus Christ calling us both into very unfamiliar territory. But there were other voices who helped affirm the decision to pursue ministry uh, and, and helped to affirm that it was the right path for me. My advisor, teacher, and mentor at Sussex County Community College at the time, Gary Milo, a person who met gothic metal Todd, <laughs> initially that's who he knew, he said he wasn't surprised when I told him that I was considering being a pastor. He said he always kind of saw that in me. There was my best friend at the time who was Wiccan, who thought, you know, who though it ended up putting some distance between us, said that he always knew that one day I would enter ministry. So he wasn't surprised at all either. There was my grandmother who, as a person of faith, knew that God had called me as well. So many different people from all walks of life, from all different beliefs, um, showing me, you know, uh, seeing what God was showing me. All of them were seeing what God was showing me. I was called. And that calling thrust me into dramatically different plans than I had for my own. I had on my own. Um, maybe our plans haven't changed as maybe your plans I should say uh, haven't tra um, changed as dramatically or drastically as as mine um, you know um, but if we reflect uh, on our own lives we can all find and I mean it we can all find um, when uh, times when our plans maybe even our purpose maybe even our purpose had to change uh, moving, changing jobs, unemployment, sudden or chronic illness, uh, the loss of a, a family member, all these circumstances can cause our path to change course, whether we planned it or not. And oftentimes in those circumstances, we didn't plan it. Our scripture lesson, uh, the anointing of David, has several examples of how the purpose or call of one's life can change in dramatic ways. It also provides examples for us of how, in our world of discernment of what comes next, God's plan and purpose often does not, does not align with our human expectations. First, to better understand the significance of this passage, we must, you know, we must look back. Before Israel was ruled by kings... They had judges, which were men and women. Don't forget uh, Deborah. Uh, there, there were men and women who rose within their tribes to lead the people, often during times of unrest with other nations. At, the fir at first, the judges were enough, but over time, the threat of invasion coupled with unrest within the tribes led to chaos, even the near extinction of the tribe of Benjamin. And of course, as you've read, if you've read uh, Numbers, which is where a lot of, and Judges, which is where a lot of uh, those stories are told, in particular Judges, actually, um, not Numbers, 
if you read Judges where those stories are told, you'll notice that the first Judges are really, really awesome. But as they go on, they get more and more lackadaisical, more complacent, more corrupt. You know, Samson's the the greatest, uh, uh, one of the greatest stories of that. You know, a guy who rather put his own interests first instead of being a, a true judge the way God had called him to be. So the Judges were great to begin with, but they didn't really work out. And the Israelite people realized that what separated them from other nations was that they had no king. So they demanded that God give them a king. The prophet Samuel was against this idea and tried to persuade the people otherwise. But eventually God told Samuel to give them what they wanted, a king. The first king chosen by God and anointed by Samuel was Saul, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. A warrior, or man of valor, a man of honor. Saul is anointed as king for the purpose of saving God's people from the Philistines. However, it isn't long before it becomes clear that Saul is not the type of king that God wants, nor Israel needs. Once again, the plan changes and Samuel is sent to anoint a new king, the boy David. Second, as we discussed the last several weeks, God's choice is seldom the world's choice. God tells us, uh, God tells Samuel in verse 7, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There's one thing my mom always told me, God judges the heart, not the outward appearance. And if the people had their choice of king, they would not have picked David, a, a beautiful, pretty boy who uh, barely, barely, barely looks rugged being a shepherd. You know, I mean, he, you know, he's not the kind of guy you would think is going to be your warrior king to protect you. He's thin, he's ruddy, he's, you know, dark, haired and beautiful, a young kid, not a wise leader. And so... If the people had their choice of king, David would not have been it. Saul was a warrior, tall, older, an adult, experienced, and from the tribe of Benjamin. David, on the other hand, was a shepherd, younger. Oh, and being young in the context in the context of that time period was seen as weakness. So he was younger, weaker in their in their perspective and their perception, and he was still a boy and experienced, the youngest son. Right, Not even the oldest son, but the youngest son, with no right or claim to his father's property at all. And from the tribe of Judah, I mean, like, David is the last person you'd pick to be your king. So in choosing David, God chooses an underdog. And it may even feel that God is going with someone completely opposite from Saul in every possible way. Yet, as God tells Samuel... God does not look at outward appearances, but rather looks at the heart, the character, gifts, and graces of a person. How often have we judged a person's ability to live into a calling or follow a specific purpose based on their outward appearance, credentials, rather, or other uh, assumptions we make about them? Excuse me, 
Let me read that again. Let me ask that again. How often have we judged a person's ability to live into a calling or follow a specific purpose based on their outward appearance, their credentials, or other assumptions we make about them, rather than taking into consideration their heart, character, and gifts? When have we judged others unfairly? And when we, when, um, when we have, when we have done those things, we doubted ourselves or our own purpose because we assume God could not possibly choose us or expect us to do a certain thing. And third, God often sees something in us that we don't see in ourselves or has a purpose for our lives that we can't comprehend. Sometimes it takes another person to lead us on our path, as Samuel led David from the path of being a shepherd to being king of Israel. Then again, isn't a shepherd one who cares for his flock? So isn't a king then a shepherd of God's people, a shepherd of the kingdom, so to speak? So, you know, David saw himself as a shepherd boy, but he was to be a shepherd of far more than just his sheep. Then again, sometimes the path we are on is affirmed or cemented by our encounter with another, as with David's older brothers. I mean, we, <laughs> we learned that having, despite having been passed over as king, the three older brothers, Eliab, Ab Abinadab and Shammah follow Saul into battle against the Philistines, Philistines in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 13. They know their brother's going to be king, but they still have their loyalty to the king. And, and, they, and they, they become warriors, and, and they, their purpose is evident in their continued commitment to protect the people, not only of their own tribe, but all of Israel. So they're, they're, they're loyal to, to, to uh, Saul while he's in power, and then they're loyal to their brother David when he's in power. God called Samuel, Saul, and David for a purpose that was different than what they had planned. First, Saul was raised to be a priest, but was called as a young boy to be a prophet. Saul was a grown man already established in his tribe when he was called to uh, and anointed to become king and to defeat the Philistines. And finally, David, whose path was set for him as the youngest of seven brothers, should have remained a shepherd but was called as a boy to also become king, not only of his own tribe, but of all Israel, eventually doing the unthinkable and uniting the 12 tribes into one nation, something that could not be done before. So how do you make sense of God's calling or God's purpose for you when it is different from what you think or planned? For instance... Are you able to discern your calling on your own? Samuel couldn't. He needed his mentor, Eli. Saul needed Samuel, as did David. That is why it's so important to be a part of worship and fellowship, why it's important to be in small groups and Bible studies, why it's so important to be connected to God through the body of Christ rather than under a tree alone on some mountain somewhere. Serving in the church also helps you realize your gifts. 
When I started attending Vernon United Methodist Church, I had no clue that I would be teaching adult Christian education classes. I had no clue that I could teach anything. It first took me becoming a youth pastor, helping organize VBS, and teaching Sunday school that taught me I had a knack for teaching, and it was someone else who saw that gift in me and told me about it. The same will happen to you, too. You will discover your gifts as you serve. Within this story, we see how the purpose of God for us may be puzzling if we look at outward appearances. We may think we are too young, too old, too poor, too busy, etc. to do what God is calling us to. And yet God often chooses the least likely person. Again, think David turning things upside down to do amazing things. What new and surprising thing is God calling us to today? Let us open our hearts and minds to what God is calling us to do together. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this this inspiring and hopeful message that reminds us that your plan is bigger and better, and sometimes, even though it seems, seems foolish, the wiser of plans, and you have a plan for each and every one of us. You have a purpose for each and every one of us. Help us to be open to you and your wisdom so that we may follow it rather than the wisdom of the world. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I want to thank you and praise you for coming here and being a part, uh, you know, of this this uh, this faith community online. Um, thank you for you know tuning in and listening. I hope you got something out of the messages. Um, if this is your main spiritual sustenance, check out the episode uh, notes. There are links in there to lead you to our giving pages to support the ministry of the church. This is a free ministry, life-giving water messages, but you know I serve a church as well, and we could use your help. If this is supplemental, then serve the community you are a part of. Uh, they could use it as well. And if you have it in you to serve us both, none of us would be any less appreciative, and we would not object. But all the same, thank you again. And remember, you, have, you are richly blessed so that you might be a blessing to others. Go in peace.